and welcome back to the Past and Present Podcast. This is Kim Groves, hoping you have had a lovely week. I also hope you have had an opportunity to more deeply explore the story of Rahab. Today, we are taking a short archaeological journey to explore the mystery of the doorways in Solomon's Temple. Now, before we get talking about our source material this week, or about the specifics of the doors themselves, we need to talk about what a mezuzah is and is not. Understanding this object is key to understanding the doors of the temple. So what is a mezuzah? Well, as we define it today, in Jewish culture and tradition, it is a box containing a parchment scroll that is hung on the right side of a doorway as you enter a Jewish home. What's written on this parchment? There are two passages written on the parchment. The first is Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. The second is Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 13 through 19. It is also, the mezuzah itself, is inscribed with the Hebrew letter that represents the first letter of God's name, Shaddai. This is what we usually mean when we're, we use the term mezuzah. However, when we are referring to the temple, mezuzah or mezuzah means something completely different. Now, today's talk comes from the July-August 2015 issue of Biblical Archaeology Review and it is entitled The Puzzling Doorways of Solomon's Temple by Madeline Monkuglu and Yosef Garfinkel. The central question being considered is why is the term mezuzah, which is the plural of mezuzah, being used to describe the doorways of the temple? The Bible states that the doors of the inner shrine of the temple had five mezuzah. Now, whatever these mezuzah were, they weren't the mezuzah we just defined. In other words, the word mezuzah can also be defined as a doorpost. Now, does this mean the gate in the temple had five doorposts? Doubtful. The Bible further describes that the outer gate of the temple had four, the gate to Solomon's palace had three of them. In two different translations of the Bible, the New Revised Standard Version and the Jewish Publication Society's translation, both define the term mezuzah as, quote, meaning of Hebrew, uncertain, unquote. Various translations all have different translations, further complicating the issue. That is, until an excavation at the Judahite site of Kayafa unlocked the mystery. So, what is this site at Kayafa? It is located on the northern border of the Elah Valley, about 20 miles southwest of Jerusalem. The site contains the remains of a fortified Iron Age city dated to about 1020 to 980 BCE, the time frame generally attributed to King David. During the seven excavation cities from 2000 seasons from 2007 to 2013, the following were found. A massive city wall, two city gates, two gate piazzas, ten Iron Age buildings, a large storage building, and a central palace. Several of the buildings had evidence of cultic activity. In another, a lime, limestone shrine model was found smashed. When this shrine model was reconstructed, they discovered that this was a rare stone model. Now, although there had been building models from the Bronze and Iron Ages found, they were Canaanite shrines. And they were usually made of clay. 
They apparently hosted some divine representation and they were often decorated with animals or figurines. The shrine that was located, carved of stone, was different in some key ways. While the sides and back were simple walls, the front was elegantly constructed. It was also constructed of limestone. Remember from one of our previous talks that limestone was the go-to material for homewares as it met the stringent religious requirements of the Jews. This is probably relevant at some point. In the center of the facade is a large rectangular doorway. The doorway was enhanced by three interlocking frames. These are the mezuzah. The frames are concentric, meaning the outer frame is the largest, the middle one is slightly smaller, and the inner frame is the smallest. The triple recessed door frame forms three rows of lintels above the door and three rows of door posts on either side. A fourth frame apparently represents the edge of the building or may indicate a fourth outer door frame. Another thing that is interesting to note is that the main door of the second temple was 20 cubits wide and 40 cubits high, while the other openings were 10 cubits wide and 20 cubits high. In other words, with similar proportions to our shrine model. While this may be a coincidence, it may be a reflection on the architectural concepts of entrances to both temples and palaces. Another thing that makes the Kayafa model unique is the material used to construct it. Unlike other models of the same period, which were made of clay, this particular model was carved from a single piece of limestone that was painted red. It also did not have any figurines or animal decorations. No other shrine model like this has ever been found. It does bear a resemblance to a model in the uh, Semitic Museum at Harvard. Both have interlocking doorways, and that is mezuzah. The relationship to the biblical text is clear. The temple is comp composed of three parts, as we mentioned in our talk last week, a forecourt, outer sanctum, and a shrine. There is a gradual increase in the number of recessed door frames from the forecourt to the outer sanctum and then to the shrine. It is as if the sanctity of an area, an area increased with the number of mezuzah. In other areas, the number of door frames was between one and three. The higher number in Solomon's temple may have served to set the Israelite temple apart from their pagan counterparts. Now, when it comes to location and dating, the model found at Kayafa was unearthed at a Judahite site, about a day's walk from Jerusalem, and dates to the time of King David, not long before the temple built by Solomon. The appearance of a recessed doorway in this model that co coincides with the biblical description of the temple reinforces the precision of the temple description, or at least shows this architectural feature was already known in Judah prior to the construction of the temple. An additional clay model was discovered at Kayafa, but did not possess mezuzah. In another cultic room, an altar was found while door, with door-like carvings with three mezuzah were seen. The mirroring of the recessed door feature, the mezuzah, reinforces the importance of this feature in ancient Israelite uh, ritual practice. When did this feature first appear in temple architecture? Well, double and triple recessed doors appear as early as the 5th millennium BCE. 
Many examples are also known from the 4th to 1st millennium BCE, mainly from the Near East, but also in Greece and the Roman Empire. Royal tombs also feature them. Although double and triple recessed door frames are well known in the Near East, but almost entirely absent in Canaanite culture. This tradition of multiple recessed door frames continued in both Galilean and Canaanite synagogues even after the Roman destruction of the Second Temple. Of major importance is a surviving example from Jerusalem on the temple compound itself. The wall enclosing the Herodotan Temple has a double gate and a triple gate. A surviving stone door sill of the triple gate, westernmost arch, has three mezuzah. The prevailing theory is that enhancing with uh, with recesses was meant to signify the sanctity of important buildings, to convey the message that you should not trespass in the Lord's house. We already explored how this temple construction came to the region, and that was through the Phoenicians. If you missed last week's archaeological talk on the architectural organ origins of Solomon's temple, please take a few minutes to listen. Well, I think that's about all for today's talk. Please join us Monday when we, when we will be discussing the attributes of Queen Vashti. Today's discussion is from the article, The Puzzling Doorways of Solomon's Temple, that appeared in the July-August 2015 issue of Biblical Archaeology Review. You can read the entire article at www.baslibrary.org. If you have any comments or questions, I would love to hear from you. My email is kimg.pastandpresentpodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out on our new Twitter page at, at podcast underscore past. As always, we can be found on Facebook at Rebirth Network with a purple heart between the words and Rebirth Encouraged also with a purple heart between the words. This is Kim Groves, and until we meet again, stay blessed and unstressed and unbothered by the rest. God bless.